This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter seven and Moses and Aaron are beginning their confrontation with Pharaoh and they're dealing with Pharaoh. And the first thing that they, the first thing that they dealt with was they performed, they performed a miracle in front of Pharaoh and Aaron's staff became a snake. And remember Pharaoh's magicians come in and they turned their staffs into snakes. We don't know how many there were, although there were two very famous magicians at that time, very famous to the Israelites. They're actually mentioned in the Bible, and they later on in Scripture, as a, a side note, when explaining this whole the events that happened here, one of them's name was Janus. I can't remember what the other's name was. But anyway, they threw their staffs on the ground, and theirs became snakes, and, and Aaron and Moses' snake swallow up their snake. And the rod that Aaron had destroys those snakes. Now, that would be a direct confrontation with with Pharaoh. What that meant was this was not a this was not a disagreement between parties. This is actually a battle of their gods. And Pharaoh, being a god himself, would have seen this as a direct confrontation of himself. It would have been, he would have said, he would have said in his own heart that this is an attack, a personal attack against me, my position my my position as a god that's what the attack is, is that he is divine and moses is attacking his divinity because snakes were a picture of several things for the egyptians the egyptian religion is not a steady or or a stable religion it changes it is polytheistic it believes in multiple gods that's why pharaoh himself could be a god not only does it believe in that but it believes in reincarnation so pharaoh literally could be he could reincarnate himself as the next pharaoh even though the next pharaoh would be alive before he would be dead so there there were all kinds of and there were all kinds of gods that they worshiped and during different times and different seasons over the centuries, they would worship those gods. They would worship those gods differently. There would be different ones that they would worship more, depending on the history. And they believed that history was a circular type of history. It just kept on happening over and over again. And a confrontation for Pharaoh in which a serpent, which had pictures of negative things and positive things for them, the power to to remake life because snakes shed their skin. That's a picture of for the Egyptians that was that was thought to be the ability to to be reincarnated. And then you have the whole the whole idea of snakes having the demonic flavor. And for the Egyptians, they did feel like snakes had that had that aspect to them. And so when these snakes are eaten by Moses' snake, it, it is basically saying that Moses is 
exactly what God said he would be to Pharaoh. Moses was told by God earlier that you will be as a God to Pharaoh. And for Pharaoh, that's exactly what that meant. Now, in our understanding, he won't be God himself to Pharaoh, but he said, you will be as a God to Pharaoh, meaning meaning Pharaoh believes himself to be a God. And when you show up and start doing these miracles, he will believe you to be a God. And then he will determine whether or not you are a greater God than him, or he will determine whether or not to, to listen to you. Now, what happened is when those snakes ate that, when Aaron's snake ate the two snakes or the three snakes or the multiple snakes from the magician, from Pharaoh's magicians, Pharaoh was attacked personally. And I say this all the time, and it's important that you realize this because it's one of those kind of things that's in the background, it's structural to our understanding of ourselves and humanity and how humanity sees things from the fall. Remember, Satan wanted to get man to to sin or to choose not God's will because God had manifest his will to man. He manifest his will to Adam and Eve. He wanted a man to not trust God and do his own will, do Satan's will, not man's will. And he believed once man did that man would be enslaved to him and man's will would be in line with his will. And so there would be this aspect of God's creation that would be totally under his control and man would have his own, man would be under Satan's purview and enslavement. Now, that was true that man would be under the slavery of sin. And it is true that Satan would be the head probably of sin if you thought about it that way. But it's not true that man would be under the will of Satan. Man, Man's will was going to be separate from Satan, and it is separate from Satan. And so man's choices that he makes that are sinful are his own, and they're, they, they're without excuse, and they have to be pardoned individually for, the, for each believer. And so Satan believed that man would be under his will, and the truth is man is under his own will. And man worships something. All men worship something. And uh, you go, no, they don't. Some people don't believe in God. That's true. But they still worship, glorify. Their lives are for the purpose of making known something. And all three of them are very important. They're very important that you understand how they work and that you understand that in your life, you are glorifying one of these three things. Now, most non-believers don't understand this, and most believers, truth is, don't understand this, but you need to understand this. God, most everyone either glorifies or worships or makes makes known God, the one true God, Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament, God, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God, the God who created the universe. Jesus is the physical manifestation of the Godhead, and then the Holy Spirit is the power and the eternality of the Godhead. And when you think about God, you worship him or you worship something he made. And that could be Satan because he made Satan. And it could be it could be some person in the world or it could be something in the world or it could be some aspect of the world. Some people worship drugs or it could be some substance in the world or or alcohol. It could be it could be it could be some aspect of the world. Some people just love 
they love dogs or they they worship cats and i'm just giving you all kind there's just so the amount of things in the world that you can worship that were created by god they're too, too innumerable to count and we worship either satan and there are those who do worship satan or we worship something that god made like the things of the earth or we worship god himself the one true god or finally, the third thing that we can worship, we can either worship God, we can worship something God made, or we can worship the most important thing to each individual that God made, and that's themselves. We can worship ourselves. And so we, generally speaking, worship one of those three things. We worship God himself, we worship that which he created, or we worship ourselves. And uh, probably the most devastating, the most uh, the most heartbreaking, the most uh, serious worship that uh, destroys the human heart and destroys how we live and how we breathe. It destroys life and it is empty and meaningless is the worship of oneself. That is so devastating for life and for hope and for purpose and for future that it can't be, it can't be minimized. And Pharaoh believed himself to be God. So he not only he not only worshiped himself, but he worshiped himself as God. <laughs> he believed himself to be God. And so when the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart, he hardened his heart because what he was being confronted with was the one true God. The one true God was actually coming and manifesting himself to Pharaoh. He was saying to Pharaoh, I am God, and Pharaoh would not have wanted even just like his father Satan, and in fact, Pharaoh is a picture of Satan, he wanted to be worshipped himself. He wanted to be preeminent. He wanted to be the most important. He wanted to be in charge. He wanted to control the world that he lived in. He wanted to control creation, and so Pharaoh would naturally, by definition, he would have naturally rejected it would not have been a part of his wanting or desire to to choose the one true God. He's not he's not like Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel. He wants to be worshipped. He wants to be in charge. He wants to totally be in control. And if you think about that and bring it down into the individual heart, isn't that what everybody wants to be important? They want to be in, in charge. They want to be in control of all that is. And we're not important. We're minute. Our lives are very short. We're not in charge because we can't control the things that happen to us. They just continue to happen to us, and we can't do anything about them. Even the wealthiest man, man in the world can't control how much wealth he's going to have tomorrow, and he can't control how much he's going to leave behind to anyone else. He can't number his days. He can't decide when he's going to live and when he's going to die. I remember reading the founder of Apple and his his last things that he said or wrote that a man's life is just limited. And he began to talk about how it doesn't matter how much you accumulate of wealth and anything like that. The truth is, it, it, and he realized at the end, you can read it in his statement, that life is just so short and it is it is passing quickly and it is it is so weak and it has no purpose outside of relationship outside of of walking with god and 
all of a sudden he now he didn't say walking with God. He said the only thing important is to have a relationship with your family and friends, which he didn't really have a really good one with them. And and so as you can see, life is very limited. And even though we want to be worshipped as God, just like Lucifer wants to be worshipped as God, even though we want to be worshipped as God, we're not worshipped as God. We're our own. We're our own. We're our own worst enemy. We want to worship. We want to worship ourselves, and we don't want to worship. We don't want to worship anybody else but us. And Pharaoh was the same way. He was exactly the same way. And so in verse 14, it says, So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. Verse 13 already told us that Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them, as the Lord had said. And that is what happens. Now, I want you to hear this. He refused to let the people go, verse 14 says. And I want you to get this. When people are confronted with the truth of God's word, either their hearts turn and repent and go after God, or their hearts reject God and go in their own direction. That That is just the way it is. That's the way life is. We either choose to chase after God, or we choose to run in our own direction. And uh, there's no way to get around that. There, there's no way. It, it is the great confrontation of life. This confrontation that they have, that Pharaoh has with Moses, is the great confrontation of life. God's truth, God's word, God's existence, God's purposes are manifest to men. Romans one tells us that we're without excuse. That all, although that all that may be known about God has been manifest to us. That's what it says. Romans chapter one. All that may be known about God has been manifest to us so that we're without excuse. His divine qualities, his eternal nature, all that is him has been made known to us. And we either choose to worship him as he manifests himself to us, or we choose our own will in our own way. And there's no way to get around it. So when you're dealing with someone who God is revealing himself to, and the Bible says that God's spirit is poured out on all flesh. Not just a few people, not just a nation, not just a culture. It's poured out on all flesh. God has manifest himself to all mankind so that we're without excuse. And when we choose our own will in our own way and not choose his will and his way, what we're doing is we're quite clearly, we're choosing, we're choosing ourselves over God and we're choosing to worship ourselves over God. And when you see one someone doing that, and then they are confronted with the truth of God's word, oftentimes they become angry. And oftentimes their hearts become angry and hard. And oftentimes they want to they want to re- reject you and reject everything that is God. And they lash out and they lash out in anger and they lash out in hatred and bitterness because the rejection of God's truth and God's word causes a person to turn even deeper and more inwardly. And when that happens, their hearts are hard. And that's why God uses, this is an important phrase that's going to be used throughout scripture, the hardening of one's heart. And what that is, that what that comes from is this fatal flaw, this deadly disease of the soul. And that is the disease of unbelief. And when a person is not willing to believe or trust in the God who made them, is willing to reject the God that's manifest in him, when God is is turned away as he offers his goodness and his love and his salvation to them, 
they go grow hard. <clears throat> and so you can't expect them to be open or to love what you've got to say because they're not going to. And that doesn't mean that we don't pray for them. That doesn't mean that we don't keep loving them. But we have to come to a, a firm understanding ourselves. If we're going to do this thing called chasing after God, if we're going to do this thing called serving him, if we're going to do this thing called sharing his love and his grace, that that love and that grace are not accepted by those who choose to worship themselves. Okay. And, and by the way, <clears throat> they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. A rejection of the spirit of God revealing himself to them by you through his word is not a rejection of you. It's a rejection of God. And it has great spiritual significance. It has great spiritual significance. And as you're listening to this Bible study, whether it be today or sometime in the next week or two, or maybe sometimes in the distant future, uh, you need to understand that the heart of man's natural instinct is to reject God and to grow hard. It is by God's grace, it's by God's goodness, it's by his mighty power, it's by the work of his hand that we somehow can hear him and that we can turn and receive the goodness of his love and his grace and mercy. I praise God that I've been able to do that, and I praise God that you have too. And that love and that mercy is extended to all men, to all flesh, and we need to be a people who are offering that. And if they rejected, if people rejected, they're not rejecting us, they're rejecting God. And they're rejecting his goodness and his grace, the provision of his son. And there's nothing really that can be done about that except to continue to be the life and the presence of God to the world that we live in. If we'll continue to do that, God will have, <clears throat> he'll reveal to us all that is his kingdom and all of that is his purposes. And I pray that'll be the case for you. I surely expect it to be. And we will see uh, the work of his hand and the fruit of our labor because we trust him, because we love him, and because we serve a real, living, and eternal God. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.